Well, thank you all for joining me on uh, this uh, episode of the Freed Thinker podcast and vlog, apparently, as I've started trying to do some uh, some YouTube content, uh, specifically uh, the YouTube content, again, is going to be related to uh, apologetics and apologetical issues and things having to do with uh, philosophy and differences of worldview, more so than what's going to be on the podcast, which is going to be more of the in-house, uh, you know, theological debates, although it'll bleed over a little bit sometimes. But uh, many of you know that I have uh, had a, a longtime uh, friend, uh, Ben Watkins, um, who, who, by the way, has uh, one of the coolest full names that there is. It just says Ben Watkins. That's such a that's such a anticlimactic Benjamin Blake. I know. I tried to put it in full name, but it, there's there's a, a limit to how many characters you can have in it. So oh, I had to come up with a name that would fit. All right. Well, well, Ben. Benjamin Blake Speed Watkins uh, has been a, a longtime friend of mine, uh, sparring partner. We've actually had an in-person debate at the the first annual Mentionables conference back in Greensboro, North Carolina. If you want to find that, that's on the channel. Um, and Ben recently had a, I'm going to call it a debate because that's what it was officially cataloged as, but we'll talk about why that's a weird way to describe it here in a minute. Um, you had a debate dialogue thing with uh, Tom Jump about what is atheism, and I'm and I'm wondering before we get into like the content, and stuff, I'm wondering have you since then been called like a like a crypto Catholic or a covert charismatic or a, a hidden hidden Christian or anything like that? Um, I've for sure been called um, a theist uh, yeah. a, a lot, certainly a lot in the YouTube comments, and I'm okay with that. If yeah. Um, people are not able to discern my views um, from the very particular claims I'm making. That can, in some ways, be a very good thing because I'm I'm focusing more on the claims, and I'm not. It's it's I'm letting less of my bias into my reasoning. So th at least that's how I look at it. Um, and I think it's an important question that, regardless of where you fall on the answer to it. There's a lot of camaraderie um, with people that think seriously about the question. And that was, I guess that was just a camaraderie that just wasn't there that night. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I've recently had a very similar debate with Eric Murphy from Talk Heathen. Um, you had it with Tom Jump, although, you know, there, there's, there's uh, obviously, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian and Eric is an atheist. You and Tom were both atheists. And so there's kind of, uh, there, there's a, maybe an unwarranted expectation that you'll agree on this topic by a lot of people who might have, have tuned into it. So um, I wanted, you know, I, I was watching you. I, I tried to promote it when it went out. You know, you've been a longtime friend of, of my show and of me and wanted to get some some viewership. I know you're a, you're a rigorous thinker. You're going to research. You're going to think about the things before you before you talk about them. Um, and, and uh, I, you know, afterwards I reached out to you and I was like, well, I felt kind of bad for you 
not, you know, we can talk about the behavior on it, but I felt bad because you had clearly done work and research and, and thought about this and ready for, you know, a, a, an actual robust debate and dialogue. And that's just not what we got out of uh, out of out of it. And I and, you know I've debated Tom Jump before. He's you know I like Tom, um, but it's just I don't think it turned out to be fair to you in the in the amount of prep on on both sides for it. So I wanted to have you come on the show um, and and be able to describe your your position and and uh, have a have a conversation about it. Even though you and I probably largely agree on on this topic, this is one area where you and I are going to see eye to eye on a lot of this. So. Um, why don't we why don't we walk through um you know with without going into your your total uh your you know your total opening statement just walk through um maybe this maybe the start for your position so um uh, what is for example you you couched your 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 argument in uh, in game theory right and and i think that tom and his some of his audience might have been just completely unprepared for that what is game theory and why is it important when we're talking about really any type of robust conceptual analysis? Okay, so the the backing up before we get to the game theory, I framed the question as what should the definition of atheism be? So I wanted the question to ultimately be normative in the sense that we're, we're looking for reasons to take on some definition rather than another. So the key to this is we're trying to choose. So game theory might sound like, oh, it has to do with games, and to a largest, large extent it does, but really what it has to do with is choice theory. And so it's um, basically philosophy of action. How can you, what are the best ways to go about making decisions or communicating meaning? So where does all this, you know, why do we call it game theory? Well, one of the most influential philosophers of the 20th century was Ludwig Wittgenstein. And the reason why is because he gave us this concept of what he called a language game. And what he what is what he was trying basically a language game is a metaphor. And what he's trying to do with this metaphor is explain how communication and communicating meeting is even possible with things like, you know, written symbols yep. or um, vibrations from our vocal cords. How can this meaning even be transferred? And so what he wanted to show us is that there's rules of games that are more fundamental than the game in the in and in the same way there's rules of language that are more fundamental than the language that can't actually themselves be captured within the language like when i use the term water that might be i might be just referring to something if i were to point at a glass of water i might be saying bring me that water so these are ways in which the language game is just more simple than the language itself. And so when we think about the term of a game, we can ask ourselves, what is a game? And so we might say, well, it's something with an objective. Well, is it an, are, do all games have an objective? What about like Ring Around the Rosie? You know, do games have to have two people, um, you know, competing against each other? What about solitaire? So it's a way of showing how our understandings of games and the rules about games can be unsaid and more fundamental than actually our concept of a game. Right. So I wanted to, so this is a very popular common metaphor concept within philosophy of language, linguistics. And so that's why I brought it to the table is because I thought that if I was appealing to something serious, 
Tom would take this seriously because um, he was f- framing the discussion is, you know, what should an atheist that's now taking on this label, how should, how should they define it? How should they get to define it? Whereas I'm trying to frame the debate in, how should we be communicating meaning? What's the best way for us to understand these terms so that we're not introducing confusion when we're dialoguing with the theist right. or when people are trying to make true claims about atheists. It doesn't, it's, it's not the, the mean, the meaning that we're communicating is more fundamental than any political considerations of to why we take on a label and what all we should be expected to take on with that label when we take it on. Right. I, w- I wonder also um, if you could, if you could speak to um, uh, almost the assumption that, well, I mean, I mean, can I just look at a dictionary? Doesn't a dictionary tell me what a word means? Doesn't that, um, you know, isn't that the thing uh, that I should be looking at to know what a word is? If I look up atheism and it says, you know, if I if I ignore definition one as the disbelief, it says that it's a lack of belief. So therefore, isn't that just what a word is? So that's a really great question because what you're going to get from the dictionary is you're going to get two things from it. You're going to get the historical sense of the word and you're going to get, or historical senses, yep. you know, the etym- etymology of the word. And you're going to get the ordinary senses of the word, the way the word is ordinary used in language. And, but the question is what definition should we use? That's very important again, to come back to that question because the ordinary sense, you can use any sense of a word, the ordinary sense and it's not wrong. So you have to ask yourself, which of these senses am I going to use to communicate meaning? Why do these words have multiple senses? Well, it's because some senses better communicate meaning than others. Some senses are have better uses than others, whether they be for listing examples of you know, people that would fall into that category or just to make true claims about people who that term applies to. So the dictionary is going to give you all the different ways, the ordinary ways in which you can use this word and are accepted among different language games. So the example that kept coming up is the term gay. So there's a language game in which we can use it in the context of gay, meaning a happy time or a happy emotion, or the language game in which we can talk about homosexual activity and homosexual persons. So these are two different language games. So we can ask ourselves, which way should we use this term? And so what's largely going to determine that is what questions are you trying to answer? And right. so that brings us back to the what I consider to be the all-important question, which is, does God exist or are there any gods? Right. Um, at one point in the debate, yeah. <laughs> um, it seemed all of that was – According to my uh, interlocutor, that was completely irrelevant when we're trying to make this decision. And anyone who knows anything about game theory, you have <laughs> you have to plug things in to the beginning. Like they couldn't be more important. They're literally the framework in which right. you would cast some sort of game theoretical framework. And so right. I thought that once we'd be able to get to that, I'd be able to change his mind on that, to be able to see, you know, once I appealed to the philosophy of it, the appreciation of truth, the um, concern for introducing in confusion, 
Um, I thought all of this would have a very positive and it, and it just didn't. Yeah. And I, and I think you and I, I mean, I did this in my debate with Eric Murphy on the same thing. Um, you did it and, and, and we took two different approaches to it, but we were going at the same thing. Um, and, and that is we were climbing the same mountain from different sets. We, we were, we were feeling, we were feeling different parts of the same elephant uh, <laughs> is ni neither of us were saying, look, uh, you know, Eric or Tom, you can't use atheism the way you want to use atheism. Like neither of us were saying that that's a, that's a bad, that's a, that that's a invalid definition. Like you, you cannot, you must use it the way that we mean to use it. And I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you again here. No, yeah. The point that I, I wrote down, cause I watched your debate in my doing of due diligence for this debate. Your debate is one of them that I watched and you and I both make a concerted effort at the beginning of the discussion to say, this is not what we may like. I yep. it could not have been more explicit, yep. but it just keeps coming up. Um, right. But then um, they want to use terms like, well, the correct way to use this. Right. And I, so, and I kept telling, trying to tell them like, once you use the term correct or incorrect and imply right or wrongness, we're in the normative realm. We're in my language game. Right. One, so once I could, once you're in my language game, I feel like my argument is, is pretty rock solid. Right. Um, well, and I think also, I, I mean, I, I use uh, the example of faith because in, in typically in religious dialogues, it's another word that has like a lot of definitional disagreement of just what, what ought it mean exactly. when we say the word faith. And I, and I, and they, oh, well, if you look at the dictionary, you know, it says, uh, you know, a, a belief, a, a, you know, apart from evidence. And I say, okay, but a dictionary is a catalog of ways that the word either has been used historically or is currently used in, in print or in public media and presidential speeches and on NPR, you know, it's, it's different ways that it's, that it is used. Um, faith, one use of the term faith is something like a belief without evidence. Why? Because enough people have just used it that way in print and in talks and in different dialogues and in publicly accessible media. That is one use of the term. Another use of the term is something like what, you know, a Christian like myself would mean, which is, uh, you know, something like trust. Um, the question becomes, and this, this goes to you, I'll, I'll, I'll push it back to you, is that the question becomes, what type of, of game are you trying to play? What type of, what type of, uh, of, of purpose or meaning or what type of question are you trying to answer? What, what worldview are you coming from? That's why we have to clarify and define our terms and say, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna talk to uh, if I'm gonna talk to someone and say, okay, we're talking about the question, does God exist? Then that 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 autobiographical sense, the sense of atheism that that Tom and Eric want to use as a as a description of a person, isn't the sense that we ought to use. This is this is your point because it's not playing the same game. It's not trying to answer the same type of question um, as the question being asked, which is, does God exist? Or is there evidence for God? Or, or whatever that type of question. It's a question about a fact of reality, not a question about a, a description of a, of a personal belief. And this is why I distinguish between the two senses, the two different kinds of ways you could. You could use it in an autobiographical sense, 
but then you're just then you're just playing that descriptive game of yourself. You're not actually talking about anything about the world. Or if you're talking about does God actually exist and what makes up our beliefs and all that kind of stuff, you have to go into the philosophical sense. What what game, what rules, what question are we playing? And this is this is why I said you and I were basically saying the same thing. We're just we're talking about them in different ways. Um, so for uh, sorry to interrupt again, no, but yeah. just for your your audiences to, to help clarify when we say, you know, what language game are we playing? The reason why that question is important, because within the debate, I laid out three different kinds of language games. And so sometimes it's helpful to, to, to have examples of this. So the first types of language game would be like a debate method mm -hmm. where we're trying to use reasoned arguments to come at the truth. But debate methods also have things like appeal to emotion and debate rhetoric. So a dialectic is well, sorry, sorry to interrupt. That's because the, the purpose <laughs> of a debate, even though you're trying to get to, to present truth, the purpose is to win. Yes. Right. The the, yes. the the game that you're playing, the 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 rules are geared towards in a formal debate towards winning by accruing points. That I think that's probably a better way of saying I I'm gonna go back and write that <laughs> down. That's the better way of saying it, because that's exactly right. Whereas if we were to contrast this with something like a dialectic method, it's where we're trying to use reason argument to come at the truth from both sides. Where one right. side, one person says, look, I'm going to take this side. You're going to take this side. And we're going to try to resolve our disagreements. So at the end, we both arrived at the truth. And that matters. Right. And there's another type of language game, one that you would find like in a court of law, um, which is um, an heuristic method where, what there's like a prosecution and a defense and each side is trying to defeat the other side mm -hmm. to show that to, 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 in a, in a very, very strong sense. Um, so these are just different language games. None of them are wrong. It's not wrong to play any of these language games. Right. Not, one language game is not correct. And another one is incorrect. But when we're within a language game based on, the aims of those language games, there's certainly going to be meanings and ways of communicating that are better than others. So that's the really important, that was the really important part about um, framing it in, in the metaphor of a language game, or at least why I wanted to do that. Um, but then to come back to what you were just saying about, you know, what do we want our term to do within that language game? And so the two questions I then asked was, you know, what sort of thing is atheism? And what should the term atheism do? And the answers I wanted to give to those questions were, um, you know, I want atheism. What sort of thing is it? It's a belief that's reached through a process of rational in inquiry and deliberation. So what I'm trying to preserve is, is that I, um, certain rational intuitions about atheism. And so those ra rational intuitions were, so if I were an atheist, I would want my meaning to capture that Atheists are somehow closer to the truth than theists. That's a type of meaning that I want right. to communicate. Um, atheism might somehow be more rational than theism. I want to communicate that kind of meaning. Um, or that theism, atheism is logically prior to theism in the sense that atheism should be defined in terms of theism. Theism being a proposition that can be true or false, not a psychological state of someone, but a proposition 
that can be true or false. And then what do we want our term atheism to do? We want it to be able to consist or subsist in some sort of systematic philosophy like secular humanism or metaphysical naturalism or, you know, some sort of political group like American atheists. Now, those all those different types of philosophies have different language games within within them. So I'll concede to Tom that something like American atheists might want to take this more watered down label because they want to include more people in their group. And so my only rejoinder for that is, well, that same inclusiveness can be achieved with terms like non-theist and agnostic. It might not be, you know, the political, you know, atheist label, but I can still achieve that same sort of inclusiveness within my language game. But maybe that's a situation in which his language game is better. But that would, again, that would be a different question, different language game. Right. Yeah. And I think, um, I, I, I think the question, and this, this was, this was probably my own, my only critique of, of, of your presentation was, um, well, I think you, you continue to try to do it. I, I think at some point calling a pause button and just say, Tom, what is your purpose of your channel? What are you trying to accomplish? Um, you know, I, I think you, I think you got there sometimes, but I, I think just expressly saying it because, um, uh, when, when you said something, you, you said something that, that again, it's not a theistic critique. I mean, when, when I debated Eric Murphy, I was like, look, like, you could read atheists like Thomas Nagel, Massimo Pigliucci, Michael Roos, Graham Oppie. Like you, a bunch of the atheists have the same type of criticism. Um, but there, to your point, there, there's almost this, it, it's what game are you playing? Because one of the things that you appear to be trying to do as a tactic, as a strategy, is to avoid burden. Right. Um, is is uh, is is to certainly is to, anyone who's you've had these discussions and anyone who's had these discussions has certainly witnessed it. Yeah, the burden shifting the the hide the ball with the burden of justification for sure. Right, and and so so why you know why. I don't want like a, a psychological psychological analysis of why like Tom Jump does that, but what what. Um, why does that type of burden shifting move it from move it to a different type of game than what you're talking about or what you're asking? Does that make sense? Yes. Um, so because it, it basically allows um, because Tom is only answering part of the question, he's basically just playing the role of a pure skeptic. So if we think of theism in the terms of a proposition that there is at least one God or God exists, that's, there's only two direct answers to the question. There's the theistic position that there are, there is at least one gods or the atheistic position. There are no gods. And so there are two different ways we can try to justify either of these claims. We can try to tear down the defense of one of the claims or we can provide a positive defense for the other claim makes, I mean, it's pretty straightforward here, but right. so by only playing the role of a skeptic, you're only engaging with a theist's case for the proposition that God exists, but you're in no way engaging with the positive claim that there are no gods. 
And so you're only dealing with half a discussion. You're playing hide the ball with your burden of justice justification, but just not playing <laughs> half the game. And so the example I like to, to use to keep in with the metaphor of a game is imagine that you agreed to play a game with someone and then you showed up and you only played defense. And so when they, the other side, expects to switch roles so that they can play defense and you can play offense, and you say, well, no, I'm not here to play offense. I'm only here to play defense. I showed up. I can play whatever game I want, and I, those rules to that game can be whatever I want them to be, and I'm going to only play defense. That sounds pretty ridiculous. And I think the same thing sounds ridiculous when you show up to a discussion about the existence of God and then only say, well, I'm only going to play the role of a pure skeptic. Any of the positive claims that could be put forward, I'm not going to play that game because I don't want to take on those burdens of justification. To me, that's that's the same as just saying, well, I just don't want to play offense. Right. Right. What do, what do you say? Uh, I, that, that leads me to a, a couple different um you know, one, one thought and one question the, the, you know, the thought that I have is, um, and I, and again, I said it in my debate is that it's, you gave me the context to think about it. Oh, they're, they're doing, they're doing courtroom defense is, is really, is really the kind of the game that they're playing, the rules that they're playing. Yeah, right? They're not going to make the defense's case for them. They're the yep. prosecutor. They're only going to prosecute. Yep. They're not going to, and so if you were to then ask, okay, well, then what's the defense of so-and-so? So no, they're not yep. there for that. Completely different language game. That's not to say that that's right. wrong. It's right. just that you're playing a different language game. It's right. wrong. And, and this is what I pointed out to, you know, in my debate with Eric is I said, look, if you can get away with that type of avoiding burden, that type of playing the pure skeptic and never get it. And you can, and you can play that type of game. If you, as a debate, as a rhetorical strategy, it might be very effective. If, if your purpose is to try and simply convince people or make the other side look ridiculous, I'm not saying they're successful at it, but if that's your no, purpose, you're absolutely right. I think that's I think it's a good way of putting it. Like trying to make the other side look ridiculous. Well, if you're not putting forward any arguments and you're you're just shoehorning the other side to put forward arguments, and then you're just engaging it with you know naive you know laissez-faire skepticism, so to speak. Yep. Um, you know you're not really you you're not. It, it's a different game, like you yeah. just said. Like you're you're yeah. playing a different game where you're trying to make the look make the theist look ridiculous in a way. Right. And I don't. <coughs> yeah, I don't so, want to play that language game. Yeah, and 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 I'll, and you that actually kind of answers the next question I'll ask. But my my final kind of uh, uh, connection to that thought is well, it's okay to play that game if that's your if that's your outcome. The problem that I have with it, and the reason why I still talk about it, because I don't actually particularly care how atheists want to define the term for themselves. It's when they come into the discussion and they say, okay, the game, this is the game that I'm playing. Atheism yeah. is the lack of belief. But then halfway through, and this is this is where they keep getting caught with kind of their pants down. Halfway through, they do want to play by the other game because then they'll yeah. say like atheism is true. Or they'll say or things like religion evidence points for atheism. That's my favorite is when someone says, yeah. you know, oh, well, belief in God is a delusion. 
And I'm going, do you mean it's merely a delusion? Because because if if that's the claim you're making, that claim implies that gods don't exist. Yeah, like that's that's a claim with a burden of justification. That's a positive claim. That's not right. a skeptical claim. Right. And I think this is where a lot of people miss that exact point, which is, look, you can define atheism as a lack of belief all day, until the cows come home. Do it all you want. I don't care. I honestly don't care if that's how you yeah. want to define it. Fantastic. It's when you come into the debate and you say, that's that's the that's the game I'm playing. Fantastic. Awesome. But the instant you switch the rules and you want to exempt yourself from from those burdens, and then when someone says we well, have a burden for that. Then you switch back and say, "Oh well, no, I'm 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 an atheist. Atheism is a lack of belief." Okay, then you're just then you're just then you're saying, "Okay, we're playing solitaire." But then you start playing poker. But when we say, "I don't," we're not playing poker. Yeah. You say, "Well, I'm playing solitaire." That, that's the move that I'm before. trying to capture when I pl say playing hide the ball yep. with a burden of ju ju uh, justification because it's sliding to this more loose definition of atheism when you're making positive claims, but then sliding back to this more rigorous definition of, of atheism when you're making more specific claim or making, or, you know what I'm trying to say? I think yeah, I just said yeah, that wrong. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So then, so then my, my question for you, because you know, we have a, we have a, a gentleman or lady, I don't know. It could, it's gender neutralish skull knight. Maybe it's a knight that identifies as a, a or a lady that identifies as a knight who, who knows um, very upset at us. I think, think, feminism. I, yeah. <laughs> I think he thinks you're a theist because he, anyways. Uh, we started the conversation off like that. All right. um, the question, the question that I, that I think is a valid question from the atheist who, who has only ever heard kind of the meme that atheism is a lack of belief. And he hears this language game and he says, yeah, but, but, but Ben, you don't want to play our game, but why should I care that you don't want to play our game? Like, like I, th that's, you know, I, I want to define, uh, I want to define atheism as a, as a lack of belief and, and play the pure skeptic. And that, that's the role that I'm playing. Why, why should I even keep listening to this and not just write you off and say, well, you don't get to define the game that I play. Why should I even listen to you? Exactly. And so that's a perfect, so that's the key question. Cause the key question is what definition should we use? So we're at, you're asking for reasons. You're saying what reasons, why should I care about the reasons that you're offering in favor of the definition that you're using, which is what I wanted hit. Like I came prepared <laughs> with yep. those reasons and I wanted him to present something similar. And so I had four reasons that I thought counted in favor of my, of my view. And so the first one was that mine was more clear. So my language game was just straightforward. There's two propositions. God does exist. God doesn't exist. Um, if we want to talk about belief um, or indirect answers to the question, we have the terms agnostic and non-theist. And so there's no, we reduce the risk of entering confusion into a discussion where we're discussing the conversation, does God exist? That confusion just doesn't enter on my language game. The second reason was that um, the point I made earlier, I'm not playing the role of a pure skeptic. I'm answering the entire question. That's that matter. If the truth matters for its own sake, when you say, why should we care? Mm -hmm. We should care about the truth for its own sake. And if you don't, again, that's fine. You just care about something else. You care about playing some other game. And so the third reason I gave is we ha already have a re redundant distinction, in my opinion, between positive atheism and negative atheism. 
So in my view, positive atheism just is atheism, whereas negative atheism is this, you know, Latheist type definition. So we already have that distinction there that Antony Flew gave us to try to give atheism the same flexibility that the God concept enjoys. So someone might be an a, an a, a positive atheist against the Western conception of God, but they might just be a mere negative atheist about, you know, something like intelligent design, a more abstract type God that, you, you know, something like an argument from evil wouldn't even apply towards. So that's what he was trying to get with it. So we already have this redundant distinction. So why should do we even need this lack theist definition of atheism? We already have this redundant distinction. So it meant to have uh, even further distinction is doubly redundant. And the fourth reason I gave, which I think is one of the most important, but often gets dismissed just kind of offhand, is that it begs the question against certain view theistic views like the fideistic view that thinks that reason or faith is more important or reason is somehow subservient to faith in some important sense. So if you frame the definition and the question in terms of reasons, you're already begging the question against the fideist. And I don't think that's right. I think my, my view, if we're asking, does God exist? We shouldn't be begging the question against those sorts of people. And it just seems weird to have, this implausible implication that a, a fideist could be categorized as a negative theist or an atheist, a full-out atheist on the lack theist. That, to me, that's just, it ends up being a category mistake. Right. Get this implausible implication because the definition just isn't as robust as you need it to be. So those are the four reasons that I gave that I thought pretty well count in favor. If, if, if the language game were playing is the language game I'm suggesting these reasons pretty, pretty decisively count in favor of my definition and count against his. Right. Right. I, and I, and I, um, I, I wonder if you could speak to the, you know, we, we had message about this, the, um, the kind of academic confusion that would happen of, of um, when, when someone only understands a term according to kind of a, a, a later sense that comes later in history, right? This, this kind of, um, um, this, this use of atheism as a lack of belief really has really only existed as a, as a strong movement since maybe the early eighties, right? So what happens then when they, when someone wants to go back and read some of the, the, the greatest, uh, you know, the greatest thinkers in atheism, they want to, they want, you know, you, they want to go back and start reading, you know, a Russell, um, or you know a, a, a Nagel from the the seventies and, and and so on and so forth. What happens when they want to go and read those sources now? Um, there is going to be in a different language game. So yeah. the context in which they've understood certain concepts, though the labels that are referred to in those texts will represent different concepts, more robust concepts. So one of the things that we get from the history of philosophy is we learn the mistakes that have been made throughout history so that we don't make the same mistakes. And so when you discount that history, you're basically setting yourself up to make mistakes that have already been made. And so you can, you can kind of end up, you know, looking like an idiot in some senses 
um, because people can just look, you know, point back in history and say, look, this mistake has already been made. And in these ways, for these reasons, and if you don't have any kind of response to that, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it basically turns into a gotcha question. Got, gotcha question. Right. So, um, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I, I think what was interesting also in, in the discussion, um, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying not to be too hard on Tom personally, um, even though I thought, while I've seen Tom comport himself much better at other debates, this one was just, it was just bad. I mean, it was just the, the so conduct without, of it. Without rewatching the debate to give just some sort of context, um, that this, he said, stop, 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 at least five times to me, interrupted me to say that. Um, he said that my views were BS at least three times. He asked if I was listening deaf or dumb. Um, he asked if I had my head up my butt twice. And he said, wrong, 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 three times. Yeah. And he also, <laughs> I mean, and and it wasn't a I long discussion. It was only I like was, an hour. It was like an hour and 10 minutes or something like that. It wasn't I, one of these was, two and a half hour long episodes. So, and I will be honest that I was not proud of the way in which I had, in several places where I responded poorly, um, because I took, I took uh, offense to it. I had done the due diligence. I had shown up expecting to have a civil conversation that was substantive and I didn't get any of that. And so in a way like that kind of frustrates me, that's not an excuse. And it's a way in which no. you know, I can do better. Um, I, I think, I think the, the, the quote unquote worst thing you did was when you would just went shh. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and to be honest, I think everybody watched, even people that I think probably would have agreed with Tom would just be like, dude, even if we agree with you, just let the conversation happen. Because I had to hush him. I had to tell him to shh. And I told him to shut up at yeah. one point. There were three moments in which my behavior is, I think, a little questionable, but the little fist, the little fist pump worthy. Because I was basically trying, I was like trying to, in you know, not so subtle terms, to be more polite. Yeah. Stop behaving like this, and it just didn't go through. Well, so, and and the I think the main difference is you when you were telling him to shush and you and you hush and all that, you weren't doing it in the middle of him trying to make a point, right? <laughs> it's not that he was like like when he was doing it to you, you were making let's talk about distinctions in game theory, let's talk about distinctions of concept, like you were actually making your point and he would be like, no, 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 stop, 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 yeah, that's right. irrelevant, that's irrelevant. Yeah. When you were saying shush, it was when he was saying, that's BS, yeah, stop, 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 I don't want to, you know, that's all irrelevant. Like you weren't shushing him while he was in the middle yes. of making presentations. Yes. And so, and I'm still trying to figure out the best way to respond in those types of situations when you want to have a dialogue, a substantive dialogue. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, his you know, the normative case that he brought to the table was basically, um, you know, the correct definition of atheism is the one or the one that we should use um, is the one that accurately represents how most people who adopt the label use the term and what they mean when they use it. And the only point of the term is to accurately represent the people who adopt the label atheism. And that was it. So there was, there was like anything outside of that was, it was then inferred that I, you know, was dumb 
or I just wasn't listening right. or there, or that I just didn't understand what he was saying or that the, my favorite was that nothing else mattered. The philosophy of it didn't matter. Yeah. Theism didn't matter. You know, it's, we're only defining it in terms of theism that didn't matter. Truth didn't matter. The truth of the question didn't matter is what I, and I was just like, I, there, there is no argument that right. I could put forward that would be stronger against like if the language game we're playing is the one does God exist. And the argument is truth doesn't matter. Philosophy doesn't matter. Theist doesn't matter. There's, <laughs> I can't make a stronger argument against that position. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, and, and, um, you know, the, the, the counter example that I normally give is, um, kind of the, the thought experiment of would they allow that from the theists? Right. So let's, let's say the theists wanted to start playing that language game that they play. Right. And I want to say, okay, well, I'm not trying to actually answer the question. I'm trying to come up with a word that best describes the majority of the people who use it. And so therefore theism is just the presence of, of religious belief. So I've been, uh, playing around with this objection. So I want to hear So I think I've got something kind of figured out. I want you to get yeah. your thoughts on it a little bit. Um, so the way I see Tom's framework and others like it is um, that they start with a substantive assumption about reason, something that they might say, like any gods are imaginary until demonstrated otherwise. Yep. So this might be a, a similar substantive principle would be something like you're innocent until proven guilty. So um, those are, you know, these are these are starting points for our reasoning. And so the counterexample would be a negative theist who would start with a similar substantive assumption about reason, something like a principle of phenomenal conservatism, where they'd be like, look, there is a God unless there's reason to doubt right. that there's a God. And so their view, their definition would just be theism is view. there's no reason to doubt there is a God i.e. no considerations count in favor of atheism. Just yeah. like the negative atheist is saying, look, there are no considerations that count in favor of theism. So now we're at a stalemate. You're exactly right. Like now that we have these two views, like both of them have substantive assumptions about reason. And the atheist would not allow that from the theist in that stalemate for that reason. They would say, look, yeah. you starting off that way is clearly objectionable because x y z you know right. like those exact that, that x y z those exact same reasons right with the exception of one would be applicable applicable to the negative atheist the only one the only reason that would not mirror like that is that atheism ought to be defined in terms of theism if that's the intuition we're trying to capture that reason doesn't mirror Right. Which makes sense. Right. So, well, and, and I would actually, I, I would say yes. Um, and, and, and I wouldn't, I, I'm not saying that you think that they are being that explicit. I don't think that they're aware that they're making that type of, that type of substantive. Absolutely not. Dude. Tom denied it. He denied yeah. that he was making a substantive assumption about reason, even though he kept putting forward the claim all night, gods are imaginary until demonstrated otherwise. Right. That's not something that's not trivially true. It's not true by definition. It's something that it's a substantive claim right. about what can be known. Right. <laughs> you, got to you now have a, you now have a burden for that assumption before you can move forward. 
So maybe you don't have a burden for it. Maybe you're saying that is a presupposition that we're just co- we're all parties to the, co- to the table are coming to the table with that presumption. Kind of like if you came to a court of law, you know, the defendant is innocent and proved to proven guilty. That's fine. Oh, if you're playing that game, right? That is fine. But if our our game is truth, if we're trying to get at the truth for its own sake, then your claim is exactly right. Then you're you're not you're not doing that. You're not getting at the truth for its own sake. You're right. just you're you're playing a different game. Right. Yeah. And and but I I think it's even stronger than that though. I think it's it's a even if we agree. Well, I guess we wouldn't be saying playing the same game. We'd be playing like almost like antithetical games, where yeah, um, the other game, the negative atheist yeah. and the negative theist are playing different games, and they end up in a stalemate. Yeah, which is what you would expect in a court of law. Yeah. Like, and this, and this know, is why I gave, a defense attorney doesn't just go, "Oh, well, man, that prosecutor's made a, such a really great point, right. and I'm going to concede those points." Right. That doesn't happen. They're at a stalemate. Right. <laughs> That's why we're at a trial. Right. And the prosecutor doesn't show up and say, "Okay, for this trial, it's going to be guilty until proven innocent." So my job's done. Exactly. Uh, yes. Now, now the defense has to actually play. The, the prosecutor almost and, and push for it. Right. They, they don't get to yeah. come in and, and just, and, and make up, make up a different game or say, Hey, we've agreed on what we're doing here, but I'm going to change the rules either halfway through or before we even start. So one of the ways that Tom is being misleading by framing the language game in this way is, um, you know, saying things like, any gods are imaginary until demonstrated otherwise. Well, that's like saying, okay, well, now the theist has to prove the case beyond a reasonable doubt. Do you see how just framing it in those terms already starts you on the path of a just different language game? Yep. One that's not necessarily focused with its aim being truth-seeking. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, I think we're in agreement on this and I think that this is the thing that is, um, um, so somewhat frustrating to those of us who are, who are kind of, of, of our perspective, especially, I mean, realizing that, that this type of, this type of view of just what, what kind of terms should we mean and how, like, how are they used and do we understand what we're doing when we're having these conversations and, and, and so on and so forth. That's not a, as you can see, as people can see, that's not like that's not a particularly theistic thing or or atheistic thing Mm-mm. to say. It's really know. not even a philosophy of religion. Th- I mean, it is to an extent, but it's it's a linguistic thing. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a philosophy of language thing. It's it's hey, how are we going to communicate meaning and be precise and right. clear in what in the meaning we're trying to communicate? Right. I think I think one of the things that 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 you and I both run into in 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 various camps, right? I mean, this is going to happen within uh, Christian camps, within atheist camps. I mean, it's it's every ideology has it. Um, is is everyone has their fundamentalists, um, and I and I use that in the kind of the lowercase f sense of the term, in not a, dogmat, a dogmatist type sense, right? The, the, the dogmatist, the but but in a very specific the the dogmatist in an almost kind of unreflective way um i mean i I can be i i can admit that i can be rather dogmatic but i think that i've thought about the justifications and the reasons for why i hold things such that when i'm being dogmatic or holding to something strongly um 
it's not in the sense of just saying, well, <laughs> it is, it is what it is. And to, to hell with the rest of you, you don't even get a chance to disagree. You know, hopefully I've thought about things. I think what we see in, in, um, in, athe in, 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 in specifically in atheistic fundamentalist circles. And I, and I have a friend um, named Joel, who's actually doing kind of a deconversion project, a, a kind of sociology of, of aging. Um, yeah, you know, Joel. Um, and he's going through some of these deconversion stories. And there's a, there's a very strong, it's, it's something that a lot of us who have had these conversations, again, if you've had these conversations, Christian, atheist, whatever it is with, with this particular kind of online atheistic meme driven type of th this is not all atheism by by far this is not academic atheism in any stretch of the word point to make here again sorry to interrupt you no yeah um is, is another significant disagreement that tom jumping it had was over one of his empirical premises which was he kept he wanted to say that most people who adopt the label believe all gods are imaginary until demonstrated otherwise and that that's what they and that when you know what they mean and they use the term atheism is that they just don't accept the claims theists make. Right. And I think that empirical premise is straightforwardly false. Right. Um, unfortunately, there, there just was no resolving that disagreement in that. Right. Go ahead. Well, I, I'm not sure how we'd even how, how I'm not sure how we'd support that anything besides just anecdote of that's the circles that he runs in. Well, that was how he ex um so when I challenged it on him, he was, you know, when you go, his claims were when you go to the big atheist conference and listen to the prominent atheists, this is how they use the term. This is how most the theists that matter, basically, to our the question I'm trying to answer, how should we define atheism? His claim is the only group of people that matter are the new atheists that he's referring to. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't see that. I don't think, I don't think that counts in favor. It counts in favor as those usages, and how they want to use them to communicate their meaning for the language game they're playing. But for the language game that we're set up with, there's no reason, right, for that definition. Yeah, and it almost made a, it, it made a weird, um, almost like a special pleading definition, right? So. I actually, I don't think he clarified that it was the majority sense of the people who claimed the term for themselves. I think he originally said it was just the majority use of the term, which I want to kick back and be like, I don't know. There's like, there's like five, four, four billion Christians on, on the planet. I can guarantee that the majority of them think that atheism is the denial of the position. So if we're just going on brute populace, that's not the so that was a point I was trying to make to him as well. I was like, look, people use the term other, the, the meaning is communicated with the term other than people who have adopted the label and are trying yeah. to describe their position. And so I rather uneloquently tried to make this point with the term pedophile. Um, and the reason I chose such an awful term is because no one wants to take that label on. Right. Yet we can still, you know, what the meaning of pedophile is and how we communicate that term shouldn't be limited to the people who self-identify as a pedophile, because probably the people who self-identify as a pedophile have all kinds of crazy, you know, definitions or concepts or understandings of what that means. Right. And so 
that the considerations that I'm referring to are on another level of they on another level of abstraction uh, than just mere politics of using a word. Because one of the objections I th he used was, you know, well, there's a legal definition. There's an objective definition in the sense that there's this legal definition of pedophilia. And I'm like, the, so the point I'm trying to make is on another level of abstraction from political right. consideration. So appealing to further political sections can't possibly undercut the point I'm trying to make. Right. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. or like the point that you're just saying, well, like there's all these non-pedophiles who use the term pedophile, who make true claims about pedophiles, who accurately and in relevant sense to the language game communicate meanings about pedophiles, who don't consider at all what people who identify right. as pedophile think the term means or what a legal definition of pedophile right. is. Those considerations were completely irrelevant to communicating meaning that was the point i was trying to make yeah. but of course when you when you bring up pedophilia it's just like bringing up nazis in a conversation it just right. never goes well right yeah <laughs> it, it was a, it was a good attempt because you were trying to show something that could be defined even though no one takes it for themselves or yes what's the most undesirable label i could yeah. think of and that was the one that <laughs> came yeah. to i wouldn't want to be called a pedophile <laughs> yeah yeah that was, that was terrible um, yeah, I, I, I'm this, 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 and th this comes down to, well, he, he wants to, he wants to so narrowly define the people who get to, who are the only ones who get to say what type of, uh, of game or what type of rules should be used for a term, All right? So he wants to narrow it down to not only, um, anyone who it's, it's not everybody, it's not the majority use. It's not only the people who who um, who take the label for themselves because you take the label for yourself, but you don't mean it the same way he means it. It's really people in this this narrowly construed version. So it, it's basically saying the majority of people who agree with my position agree with my position, um, which that's just not helpful. I mean, again, going back to like the the term the term faith. I mean, I could say, okay, well, faith just has to mean trust. Because the majority of the people who use faith to mean trust agree with me. That that's what the word means. Mm -hmm. And so who are you to say that the word can mean anything else? Um, so, and there's a strong irony that someone like Jump is going to come and say, well, no, faith, faith just is a belief without evidence. And it's like, okay, but do you see the inconsistency? In, yeah. in, in, again, you can use it that way, but do you see the inconsistency in method? between yeah. those two. So in trying to do my due diligence for this debate, I came up with what I thought were the three strongest reasons for Tom's. Yep. Um, it just so that I could have something prepared, you know, at least in the vague directions that I thought he might go um, to have some sort of response, because I don't think it is black and white. All, you know, all the considerations fall in my, you know, on my side of the scale and against his, and so the three that I came up with him, um, and I've, I've already kind of mentioned a couple of them, but it affords the concept of atheism as a sort of flexibility, flexibility the God concept enjoys, and that it can, you know, be kind of amorphous and change um, depending on the context of the language game. And so I concede that 
reason. I said we have the positive negative atheist distinction. We can achieve that flexibility with that distinction without having to introduce this whole other set, lack theist sense. The other one, I think that the most important one was that he can include agnostics and other non-theists. It's more inclusive. And the only really rejoinder that I have to that is that the same inclusiveness can be achieved with non-atheist labels. It's not going to have the same political impact, but it can still clearly communicate meaning in ways that matter. Right. So I'll give that that one to him. And then the last one, um, it, it requires the theist to focus on the reasons for their belief. And so I think that's a really important in which it can be seen. Uh, it, it, it forces a theist to then wrestle seriously with the question, does God exist, where the theist may not have necessarily um, wrestled with the question. But there's another side to this coin in that that sort of attention brings with it the negative consequence for the theists of it, uh, the, uh, it achieves the opposite too, allowing the skeptic to play hide the ball with their burden of justi justification. So if, if your focus is always on the theist, you're going to then not, that might be good for the theist, right. but you're then not holding the atheist accountable in the ways that you should within a discussion. So that's a drawback. So that, that the, the reason that would count in favor of jumps view. And that is offset, I think by this drawback, the, the, that you're not holding atheists accountable for their burdens of justification within it, within it. And so those are the best reasons I can come up with for this lack theist type definition. I, right. if there are other ones, I would like to hear them. I was hoping Tom was going to give me some juicy bits you know you know juicy nuggets to kind of think and reflect on over the next couple of weeks but i i don't have them and right. so if other people have please share them in the comments you know let us know because again like i i don't want to speak for you but i, th I feel pretty comfortable doing it here like yeah. tyler and i are trying to steal man this view because we really think that it's misguided yeah. and so if we're if we're looking at it from its strongest possible angle and we still think that <laughs> right yeah. And a lot of people, you know, they're going to, they're going to look at, at me and be like, oh, well, you know, you're a Christian. Of course you're going to, you know, disagree with it and, and, and such and stuff. And uh, so it, it's definitely, I think it, yeah, I think it's That's more meaningful. Like our, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's more meaningful coming from, you know, a fellow atheist for them. I, you know, I try, I try, you know, this, because this, this type of, this type of lack theist was not the atheism that I held to when I was an atheist. Um, I, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I, I think, I think that I've done a good job elsewhere saying, look, th this is, this is how, this is how I, I used atheism. I think it's probably very similar to yours. I used it in, in a, in a negative and a positive sense. Um, and that the positive sense, as I've, as I've argued before from my, from my weird analogy of sun humans, I think positive atheism, while it bears a burden is, is almost a trivially small burden. Um, it is. So it's, uh, you could just so you're a burden of justification for atheism is met. It may not be sound, right? The burden is met by just saying atheism is intrinsically more probable than theism. You can just say that the burden right. now someone can can obviously challenge that, right? And or that does that consideration may not be decisive. It certainly isn't decisive, 
Right. So to draw an all things considered conclusion from that would be fallacious. But but still the burden of justification, if you even put that forward and say, look, naturalism or atheism is intrinsically more problem than theism, you've discharged a burden of justification, given a reason. It's not a good reason, but you've right. given one. <laughs> well, and I and I think, and I, you know, I, I'll give, you know, I, I, I've i debated, um, you know, recently Matt Dillahunty. Um, I've debated, uh, I've debated you before. I've debated, uh, you know, others. Um, one of the things that, and, 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 you know, I'll give it to Matt and I'll give it to others, but they don't seem to realize it is that their, their arguments um, actually often satisfy that, that minimal burden. So to your point, you could just say that, it, that it, um, that, that it's almost in this, in this kind of maybe not brute way, but almost kind of this intrinsically way. It's just, it's just more pl uh, plausible. Um, but they, they, their arguments such that, um, look in, in every other, in every other case, um, we, we just find natural explanations for things. Um, in, in every other, you know, it, it, it absent a really good argument for something that, that's not natural. The, the success of secular sciences count in favor of atheism and rather than strong theism. favor. Um, and so, and, and, and so that, that's an argument. Now that argument might not go through. That's not the yeah. end of the discussion. You can't just end it there. It's not like you've just dropped a, well, who created God? Right. Type, you know, gotcha. Quite like there's still more. <laughs> right. More right. I, mean, there. I mean, we've talked about things. I, I, you know, I've talked to, to Matt before about the, you know, and others. He's just my most recent. I talked to Tom Jump before. Um, there, there, are, there are, I think, uh, sound and robust objections to that where we start getting into, okay, well, let's talk about foundations of epistemology and evidentiary standards and what actually counts as plot. I mean, we could go into all those types. There are objections. Now we're in that language game that we've been trying yeah. it to the whole time. Exactly. <laughs> but, but they would have already started the groundwork. At least they've already laid the foundation for I've met, I've met my potential burden. Now I just need to defend that very minimal amount of burden. Yeah. I don't actually have to prove an entity to be true. I just have to prove that this type of epistemology, this type of assumption is just m more normative. There's a, a, a bigger overarching point that I'd like to make to other atheists that I think is very important of how this counts against us in these types of discussions is that if we're having a discussion with a theist and we're trying to have a productive discussion with a theist, we should be trying to concede as many things as possible. We should be trying to facilitate that healthy of a dialogue. If we can't even get past the defining of terms stage, if the conversation, can, if we can't even get to the language game that we're trying to, that you and I just got to of actually doing the philosophy of religion, because we can't get past basic definitions of terms, that's a really big problem that that reflects poorly on atheists. It can't reflect poorly on theists because again, the rational intuition we're trying to protect is atheism is deter is defined in terms of theism. Atheism is logically prior to theism. If there was no atheism, there'd still be atheists. We just wouldn't call them atheists. <laughs> we wouldn't have a term, we wouldn't need that term. And so if, if, if we're already framing it in, 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 in terms of that, we have to be conceding these definitional points 
two theists in discussion. Otherwise, we just look ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben, aren't you conceding how many how many wings are on the ferry at the bottom of the well? Or the, my favorite one is, you know, well, why would you accept a position where you ha you'd have to be omniscient to know it? Or you would have to know, you know, be 100% confident to defend that. So really, the, the arguments that I often see for this are based on really bad epistemology. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, the best example is not uh, agnostic atheist. That's that's a just made up mishmash of terms. Yeah. To get a very muddied concept that I just don't even need to use. Right. And when you press someone on it, you you immediately see the flaw in just the way they think about epistemology or the study of knowledge. They'll be like, well, agnostic has to do with belief and Gnosticism has to do with knowledge. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Knowledge implies belief. Like right. I can't know something unless I believe it. I don't need a sharp distinction between knowledge and belief. Right. You know, if I'm talking about knowledge, I'm just talking about a belief that there is also some justification that goes along with it or reasoning why there is not some further justification. Maybe it's a right. properly basic type belief. So you can already, when someone is trying to draw a sharp distinction between knowledge and belief, that's, that should be an intuition pump, a, red, a flag for everyone to go ding. Like this yep. person just doesn't understand the relationships between the important relevant relationships systematically throughout their thinking of, you know, concepts, beliefs, reality, concepts being expressed by, you know, words. So, so the, you know, they, they're just not thinking of the world in that way. They're not thinking of knowledge in terms of justification, belief, um, truth, um, gettier problems, if you're into that sort of thing. Yep. They're just not thinking of it in those sorts of terms. Yeah. And it's, it's one way in which the, what they call the curse of knowledge, um, where, you know, someone like you and I who are familiar with this, when we're having a discussion, just assuming that you know, the other party has, you know, is privy to these finer distinctions. People also, you know, the curse of knowledge is expressed of, it was really hard for me to come down to their level to teach them. Sometimes it's really hard. You know, it seems really obvious to tell people modus tollens and modus ponens and, you know, the depth, you know, how knowledge and belief relate to each other, but to really think these things through in systematic ways that we have and to think about question, you know, deep questions involving these, we have a subtle, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Way of navigating this, you know, landscape that, that other people just don't know. Right. That they're more fumbling through this landscape and we might not be sensitive to them fumbling through it. Yeah. Because we're, yeah. it's so familiar to us. The terrain is so familiar. Right. It's, it's, it's what we, it's the world we live and read and write and think in. Um, <laughs> And and you know I, I think to what you said you you get the the other rejoinder I mean because this this type of definitional you know opens a can of worms right because you this this is where you get the the atheist will say saying Ben 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 like whoa 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 I don't have belief I have observations mm -hmm. right I, I have I have I have facts I have you know I and that's just terrible terrible right, because, because they're just they're just confusing <laughs> these things so it's funny it's funny that so uh, I I got. 
I got in a discussion and, and I've, I've, I've since formalized this, but I, I get in this discussion with people where they've redefined um, both uh, atheism and belief this way, right? So they said, well, atheism is, it's a lack of belief. And belief, they, they kind of equate with opinion, right? Or faith. It's, it's almost like this unevidenced thing. So they yeah. don't have belief, right? They, ha they have observation. They have fact, right? So they, they don't have belief and because they, and they're, therefore they lack belief as atheists. And I, and I, and I always say, okay, well, let's, let's just do a thought experiment then, right? Let's imagine for the sake of argument, Christianity is true. And Christ comes back tonight at midnight and we all are, 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 are standing in the presence of God. We all have the, the, the empirical evidence that God exists. We all have the observation. None of us have belief then on that term anymore because now we all have observation, right? We all have knowledge now. So we all lack belief. Therefore, we all are atheists because we now know that God exists. Right? There's, yeah. there's this weird conflation that happens when you when you play with the implications because yeah. the language game is not precise, because you're leaving out half a question, yep. you're getting implausible implications. It's the same reason why the fideist ended up in the atheist category. Yep. Um and so one of the things one of, to, to help maybe put this clear, um, you know, you and I would think of theism as a proposition, mm -hmm. not a belief, a proposition right. that we could have a belief about right. something that was true or false that our beliefs could have. So if you're even framing it in terms of belief, you're already messing up. Right. Because theism should theism itself is a proposition. Again, if we're defining atheism in terms of theism, then it necessarily follows that atheism would be, ter would be, would be defined in terms of a proposition, not in terms of a belief. Right. That's one. So like just straightforwardly understanding how knowledge, belief and propositions relate to each other. Those obvious relations that, you know, we learn in intro to epistemology that just mm -hmm. seem almost not worth considering it turns out they're really important and to have the, to have those tools in your toolbox in your thinking helps you avoid obvious mistakes like this, where people are just making category areas. Like, like what you're just saying, we're like, I don't have a belief. I have an observation. And like if some, like if someone were to say that to me, I, you know, I, what? <laughs> like, um, I really regret using the concept of a language game in my debate with Tom Jump because I came with a false presumption that he was going to have the philosophical depth for that concept to be of a lot of use. And it just wasn't. <laughs> he's yeah. his, he, it, it was very clear that he was having a difficult, like he's not familiar with that concept, he ha that metaphor. He hasn't, re uh, you know, wrestled with it in, in certain ways. So when I was trying to explain things to him, I was just getting this incredibly hostile response from him. Right. Right. Uh, well, let's, uh, you know, we've been here for uh, about an hour almost. Um, there's a, there's a couple questions um, that I think would be, be interesting to get your, your take on. Um, so uh, one way, can you see it on the screen? One way asks, uh, yes. so from, oh, uh, from a theist though, this might be for me actually uh, from a, so from a theist perspective, including deism into theism could be just like, agnosticism could fit under atheism, right? 
So I don't think so on my language game because I think that atheism and theism are direct answers to the question, does God exist? That's, so I think agnosticism is an indirect answer. You're saying that the question is somehow indeterminate, that there's that we are not justified in coming to either the conclusion yes or no. So maybe, you know, some some agnostics say, you know, like it hasn't been sufficiently demonstrated or it's in some other way, some it's otherwise in some way unknowable. So I think agnosticism is properly defined in terms of belief because it's an indirect question to the answer. Right. Um, same with the non-theist. I think the non-theist is should be framed in terms of belief or even the, you know, um, someone who an isolated non-theist, someone who hasn't even had the concept of a God. I think it's appropriate to call them not an agnostic, but a non-theist because what's, what's relevant to the non-theist is their mental states. It's not the truth of the question, does God exist? What's relevant in defining them is the fact that they haven't been exposed to not to, to the concept of theism. Right. Um, one way has uh, one more question, then we'll wrap up from that. It's, it's somewhat, it's basically just because you, you debated with Tom jump. So maybe you'll know, um, is what does Ben think of T jumps naturalistic pantheism? So I don't know. I'm not familiar. I've not seen the videos uh, where Tom defends uh, naturalistic pantheism. I am sympathetic to pantheistic views, um, maybe, maybe because of my own, you know, fanboy of, you know, Spinoza yep. and Einstein. Um, I think so. I'm a philosopher of religion. Um, and I think that one of the important questions is what is the nature of the divine? And so if the pantheistic view defines the divine with nature, there are questions within the philosophy of religion that are answerable. And so I find those questions super interesting and there's something I work with. Um, I'm not going to say a, a, a lot, um, but I do quite a bit uh, work with them and I'm sympathetic to them. I, I think that Taoism and Stoicism can be considered interesting forms of naturalistic pantheism. Okay. I think that was uh, that was it for now. Um, ben, any any uh, any closing thoughts? Any? Uh... I guess I should have saved for my closing thoughts. The I'll, I'll just go ahead and reiterate the point now um, that as atheists, if we're dialoguing with theism, really to that the truth should be important. That I'm going to make the exact opposite argument that Tom Jump made. Philosophy matters. The, the the concepts theists use matter, and the truth, the search for truth for its own sake, matter. And so, when we're trying to have conversations and communicate meaning and resolve disagreements, we should not be having petty disagreements with theists, especially if those petty disagreements are are ways in which to play hide the ball with our burdens of justification. I think we should we should just move on from this, these definitional quibbles and instead move on to more substantive discussions about arguments for each for and against each position. I think that's the direction that if we're going to our uh, hope to have religion evolve in 
positive directions. Those are the, that, that's what we're going to have to do. Um, if you're going to be hostile to definitions and you're just going to dig deeper divides and, you know, we all know the negative consequences that come from that. Um, all right. Well, if, if for anyone who wants to uh, follow any of your work, uh, hear some more of your thoughts, um, where can they find you? Um, so we have a um, with Real Atheology, a philosophy of religion podcast. So we obviously have a podcast on Apple iTunes, Podbean, um, YouTube. We have a YouTube channel. We have a blog. And we, we have a Facebook page and Twitter page. And the Twitter and Facebook pages we try to keep uh, is where we update all of the latest projects and all of the stuff, uh, basically keep people up with what we're working on. Awesome. All right. Well, Ben, thanks for thanks for coming on. As always, great, great talking again. with you. Appreciate it. And uh, even, even though we, we disagree then on whether or not your atheism is true, um, it's, it's always interesting to, yeah, but we have so much more philosophical common ground. We do, we do common have ground with philosophy that those, you know, it's just one of the, it's one of the things we disagree about. In philosophy. One of, yes. <laughs> well, again, thank you. I, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, and, and I'll definitely have to have you back. Uh, if you think of any reason to come on, I'll, I'll invite you back on. So yeah. And you need to come on to a real atheology. Yeah. We need to, we need to set that up. Yeah, for sure. All right. right. Well, uh, thank you again, everyone, for joining us. And we will talk to you soon. Good night and God bless.